0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Get Out of Wrap. Today, I'm joined by Dan Cohen, and Dan is the head of customer relationship Centres at Nespresso. And me and Dan have um, higher Dan. Me and Dan have been in touch and feel feel like we get we've known each other for a long, long time. We finally met up about a week ago. It was a week ago at the awards it was. Um, towards the end of the evening. So we were probably slurring our words a bit, but um, it's absolutely brilliant to have you on, Dan. I'm really looking forward to this. Thank you, pleasure,
1: pleasure, Martin. Contact Center Celebrity. So uh, absolutely overjoyed to be here.
0: Thank like you we were just saying, it's um, it's it's celebrity minus all of the trappings and anything like. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, celebrity, but got to pay for everything yourself.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's we we. Talked like I say at the awards and it's it, the great thing about LinkedIn and certainly our industry is through events and things like that you can feel like you you know people without really knowing them but I'm really keen to take you right back to to where it all started for you um what's your journey been to this position now at, um Nespresso yeah it's um it's been an interesting one for for me so
1: Going right back, um, I I left school sort of 16 there or thereabouts, um, it, uh, and I, I left with fewer GCSEs than I used to quote on my my CV. Um, <laughs> but uh, decided school school wasn't for me, and uh, my parents were very clear that uh, well that means you become a big boy and you you go and get a job. I always laugh about my the first sort of proper job I had was. Um, was in a factory still to this day I can't clearly remember where it is um, or what they made and I was on a station where the the bloke next to me passed me a box of uh, sort of metal rectangles but my machine used to punch a hole in it and I passed it on to the next person no idea what we made it was really old school there used to be a bell that rang for break time and, and lunch time still smoking room at that point where everyone sat and had the lunch in a a cloud of uh cloud of smoke um and about three or four weeks into that i thought there has to be more to life i'm uh i'm 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 surely destined for more than this so i decided to leave and i became an apprentice joiner um but a shuttering joiner which is slightly different to the, the carpentry you'd find in your house um, and it's working on um, large buildings. So I worked on Bridgewater Place, which uh, at the time was just a hole in the ground. It's the largest building in, in Leeds now, and it's created a bit of a wind trap. Um, and worked on there for around about a year. That was a, a real period of having to mature, working with sort of, I mean, I was 18, 19 at the time, working with 30, 40, 50, 50 year old, predominantly blokes, Uh, Uh, Yeah, really educated me in things I uh, I knew nothing about as a as a naive young child, Um, and uh, yeah, did that for around about a year. Wasn't very good at it, Um, pretty (laughs) bad at uh, at shuttering joinery. Um, So I knew it wasn't going to last an awful long time. Nor was I um, probably cut out for being out in the cold and the rain for for twelve hours a day. So the the company actually um, went into administration. So the first thing they did was get rid of the apprentices. So I then needed to find something else. Um, And I went on to become a door-to-door salesman of gas and electric um, around about 19 years old when I was doing that. Um, Commission only, no base salary. You you had to sell each day, working Monday to Saturday. no no holidays or annual leave or any benefits like that. Um, but I have to say in terms of um, helping me become the person I am today, what, what an experience. Um, I wouldn't necessarily recommend it as a living, but when people talk about imposter syndrome, there is no better way to get over it than having to knock on a random person's door and have absolutely no idea who's going to answer and start talking to them about gas and electric. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, a, a real um, sort of character, character building. It wasn't as bad as people would necessarily expect. Not many people close the door on you. Um, some great stories, probably more for the for the Pub Martin in terms of how some people answered the door. Um, and we're quite comfortable to, to do so. But uh, yeah, that was um, was a great, great experience. But after nine months to a year of that. Um yeah, that was uh, that was kind of my fill. Um and then I moved on to, to contact centres, sort of fell into it, I needed to find a job, and um there was a business in Leeds called Ventura, um, which you may or may not remember. I think it's mm. since become capita. Um and I worked on the British gas campaign as a as an advisor on the phone. And I I, I was a nuisance. Um that place was uh, <laughs> It was kind of like an extension of school, if I'm honest with you, and yeah, we, we messed about, we learned every trick in the book to avoid being productive, uh, the breaches, they were called, used to ring me regularly and literally say, get out of rap, um, nice. which is why I've always always enjoyed this, uh, this title, because it's been uh, shouted at me many, many, many a time. Um, and yeah, I was there for uh, for well over a year actually, um, until the fact we were we were such a nuisance that it caught up with us, and they uh, they sort of gave us the option to uh, to improve or exit. And um, many of us decided to uh, to exit at that point as there was a bit of a shift in in management and culture, rightly so, by the way. Um, but I always look back on that with fondness because there's not many tricks I don't know now, which yeah. have uh, assisted me in in where I am and and then I decided to get a little bit serious so I'm becoming a little bit older slightly more mature Um, I'm still borderline whether I'm mature yet but uh, slightly more mature and I suddenly had a realization that the contact center if you wanted to accelerate your career if you just didn't mess about and work hard the opportunities were were huge and you could sort of um, stand out quite quickly in terms of, of finding that next step so I thought I will I'll buckle down I then joined um, a company called Anat um, which is a legal legal organization it's the largest um, mass conveyancer um, in the UK and effectively it's it's an outsourced um, legal company for all the for all predominantly most of the high street banks and um, and uh, they outsourced their, their legal work there and, and started on the phones, um, knuckled down, worked really hard, moved into complaints, um, led the complaints team there for, for, for longer than anybody should do for their own sanity working in uh, working <laughs> the complex sector. Um, identified as, as talent, moved into the operation as a, as a team manager, working on equity release, which was fascinating. Um, and then into becoming the operations manager, and I managed to get to ops manager by the age of about 24, 25, something like that, which looking back seems absolutely crazy. I suddenly had yeah. a client relationship um piece with with three huge, well, four huge clients in in the end. And I was sort of rocking up to, to dinners um as a as a young 24-year-old and people talking about the holidays and these amazing places that were going and uh, asking me, and I was planning a trip to uh with the lads so uh, there was a bit of a, a discrepancy but again really really good at accelerating um how mature you were um there for, for six and a half years or so loved it um wasn't particularly well paid but the the culture and the people were absolutely amazing and that's where my my love of the office and the community sort of comes from. We, we, some of my best friends still to this day, um, my partner, you know, I met all of those guys at Nat um, and, that, and we, we used to go out and have some great laughs together. We worked really hard, but we played even harder. So loved it, but um, knew that I sort of wanted to go on and, and progress more and more. Um, I moved over to uh, another out an amazing organization called Step Change Debt Charity so completely different from the legal sector moving into the third sector charitable organization the the largest debt uh, free debt advice organization in the country which by the way is really prevalent to what's going on Mm. at at the moment in, in in the world and if anybody listening is is struggling in any way? What an organisation that will help you with with no judgement. Um, and yeah, I had an amazing time again. Still to this day, the the group, my peer group from there, we're, were in a WhatsApp group and um, incredible relationships with them. And, and probably found um, the 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 leader who inspired me the most and really wanted uh, and really encouraged me to to work on leadership and become a, a better leader. Lorraine Dunn, who, who would be amazing on this podcast, um, far better than I. Still to this day, we call her the gaffer. Um, haven't worked for her for six, seven, eight years, but she's she's still the gaffer. Um, and yeah, really, really inspired me in sort of the two, two and a half years I was there. Um, then made another change sort of over to the dark side, joined Provident Financial Group Um And and was there three and a half years really really different really different culture um sort of work hard good rewards um but yeah quite quite different um but learned an, an awful lot from from there um and there i was the uh collections contact center manager moved on to the the senior um operations manager for for contact centers had a spell as interim head of there um and Unfortunately, things didn't quite work out for Provident. They did quite a big transformational change, which isn't land
0: um,
1: as well as we'd hoped. So I took voluntary redundancy from there after, after that period in financial services. And then, yeah, things led me to, to Nespresso. Um, and I've, I've been with Nespresso for just over three years now. Love it, amazing. I should be clear, I'm I'm here in the capacity as, as Dan Cohen. So my views are that of me rather than Espresso, but um an incredible organization moving into FMCG, um, head up the Customer Relationship Center there. Um and yeah, just um yeah, thoroughly enjoying it. You know, the, the the contact center, um, life has got me me hooked in. People speak to me about different opportunities, and I say. I, I know it sounds quite perverse, but I, I love the contact centre. It has hard days, um, good days, but uh, really engages me and 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 um, makes me want to get up in the morning. Really, more That's
0: more, more power, more. <laughs> more power to you because it's not perverse to say we love the contact centre. And thank you for for sharing. There's so many good things there that I. I absolutely love and I think um, there's I think there's people that know and like the show have more knowledge about get out more than me that might correct me but I think you're the first person that has been quite open and I can absolutely resonate with this Been quite open about the fact that you it's you can have a laugh and you that doesn't always necessarily mean at a certain point in your career that you're toeing the line. Right. I can remember, and it has put me in good stead, but I can remember when it came to, um, I put together, I had to put together a team and I had to write the bonus plan. Right. And I was getting pressure, that I, well, I hadn't come up with a solution quick enough. And they were like, what's taking you so long? Normally I'm quite quick with my work. And I said, I know when I was on the phones we would get together and go right how do we play this bonus plan how do we earn the most by doing the least right yeah. and I said so I'm trying to write a bonus plan that stops the Martin Teasdale of previous years that's out there taking the mickey from gaming the bonus plan and I and I just I was like I just couldn't do it you know I was like, they'll fight. they'll find a way they'll find mm-hmm. a way because We used to do, like playing practical jokes on each other was part of my day. (laughs) All all sorts, absolutely. And you know, work.
1: I mean, not to the the extremes we went to, but you you have to have fun at work, yeah? Um, Yeah. I I always think one of the most underrated um, skills of a leader is a sense of Um, humour. Life doesn't have to be so serious. There's enough serious things that are happening in this world, you only have to switch on the news for five minutes. Um, you can have a sense of humour and, and deliver, but yeah, I mean the the practical jokes, uh, you know, messing around with people's keyboards. We used to change the the, the letters so they were trying to type, and an N would be a W. And, yeah, you know, all sorts of of silly things that you do as a as a young person, but they're also part of um, of growing and learning, and uh, yeah, to the point you made, sort of helping you later on in your career when you go. I need to stop that younger version of myself doing uh, doing some of those things
0: i i can remember being the head of a head of a contact center and still doing the keyboard joke on my contact center manager at the time if she's listening kate um won't mind me saying she rang it because she thought there was something <laughs> wrong and it was she was getting her yeah. name and password wrong because i changed some of the letters she used and um those kind of things i think you make such a good point, we have to be, it's funny the amount of people that have had similar backgrounds and acted similarly to us, who, when they become super senior, get super serious, and you think you're forgetting the reason you're in this industry, a lot of it is because you've talked about you made friends for life, you played hard, uh, you worked hard but played harder, the jokes that you had, why, when you get to a senior level, would you stifle that? It's strange, isn't it? It is. And, I mean, look, I think there's always an element,
1: and, you know, you, you may resonate with this and, and people listening as well. You know, there's there's always an element that you sort of, as, as you progress, you, you need to become a little bit more mature and you, you almost... Um, you know, you need to, to rein it in somewhat. And, you know, you become the person that when you walk into the kitchen area, everybody falls silent and you're like, oh, I'm <laughs> not in the gang anymore. Um, usually people are, are wanting to engage me. Um, so th- there, is an, there is an element of that. But I, I don't ever think you should forget who you are. And, um, mm. you know, that goes to bringing your your true self to work, remaining, remaining professional. But I think wherever you decide to just put on a a character and we all have our work version of ourselves okay um versus that who you are with your friends but if you push that that character too much i think it's only detrimental to you personally probably in terms of your Mm. mental health because it must Mm. be exhausting to put on a character for eight or nine hours Um, and you'll probably get found out um because Mm. what what makes you unique what what gives you your talent what gives you your skills is you um and i think wherever you try to hide that that too much and that's not to say that you don't need to have the, the skills of managing upwards and stakeholders and knowing your audience we all know those people we could play the practical joke on so to your point you could do it today but there could be bob in the office who you would never do it to yeah because <laughs> you know, would break loose. but i think that's about being you know showing a level of emotional intelligence and, and getting to know people and spot and on it, yeah you can do with them but yeah i just I, i'm always of the view life doesn't always have to be so serious like mm. you know we're, we're not here for a long time unfortunately um and we can work hard we can be successful we can achieve great things but we can have a laugh along the way yeah surely, surely
0: yeah i um i think you've hit, you've made a really astute point which is I look at it. I look at people now and go. It is a sign of emotional intelligence that you can read the room and know your audience, right? And know that when is it appropriate to do uh, a pelvic thrust dance to try and motivate someone, <laughs> I'm, I'm <laughs> and when? We at the awards, <laughs> Martin. We used to. Uh, there's some of the things we used to do. We used to go if someone was having a, a tough, tough time, tough day you know, especially if you're in sales and things or collections, I did just did the, did the same, all complaints. These calls aren't always fun, are they? So you can see people in your team that might be having a tough time. Me and another, this is when I was a team leader, me and another team leader would go, do you think they need the dance? And we would just go round the either side of them and do this really weird, do some really weird dancing. And uh, you know, you just think those sorts of things yes we need to be inclusive and mindful of other people's sensitivities and things like that but not to the point that you can't have a you can't have a laugh not at someone's expense most of it, 99% of the time it was at my expense you know it was um you'd be putting yourself out there as the, as the fool to try and um entertain yourself but also entertain the team absolutely and it starts it starts
1: to um but well, I'd, I'd describe the sort of frame of the culture. Um, so, you know, for the, the culture for me is always that purpose and the why and, um, you know, why are we turning up to work and what's given us the drive to do it and what makes us want to get out of, um, of bed in the morning. And that's kind of the picture, but pictures brought to life sometimes by the frame around it and i Mm. i always look at some of that stuff you've just described in terms of of being the frame that bit of fun that bit of light relief and you're absolutely right as um you know probably predominantly contacts and centre leaders i think other leaders look at us sometimes and go these lot have have absolutely lost their mind why are they (laughs) dressing up in that silly outfit you know you know that's not not very serious but those light-hearted moments can can go a long way for somebody who's had a, a really tough day. And to your point, some of the calls are, are not easy. Um, yeah. you know, collections is particularly difficult, and not just from a point of view of somebody um, shouting at you, but actually you can hear really heartbreaking yeah. stories of of the situation somebody's in. Mm. And we're only human, and it, it takes it takes its toll on us. Um, but yeah, those those light-hearted moments and, and having a laugh are just Crucial to life, anyway. Um, I'm somebody who likes to have fun. I, laugh, I love laughing. Um, hopefully, if it does make you live a little bit longer, I should reach a ripe old age, because um, I, I love a laugh and a joke. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm absolutely uh, absolutely with you um, on that. It's brilliant. And uh, I'm, I'm looking forward at some point in the future. I need to see this hip-thrusting dance at, uh, at awards or something like that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I um the da- the dad dancing I did with a proper where we had like a proper um teacher um was a bit of an eye opener really because I I said can I freestyle and she was like absolutely not no <laughs> you 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 cannot freestyle i've seen it so you need to just follow the program i was going to say your um your career story i found really um inspirational and just that it's you know you made some brave decisions at a very young age kind of like go, leaving leaving the factory going to work as a joint like you say I've i worked on a building site as a young student actually and that was and yeah like you say and a real eye opener they did not take any prisoners and if you couldn't handle their grief then it wasn't the place for you but you, you did all of that the door door to door sales again we we used to get a lot of people into the contact center from that world. And you know one thing that they're not afraid of hard work and they're not afraid of rejection and they're good at um, trying to make a connection. You, you You did all of that. And I know something that you're really passionate about is that our industry, the entry into it and then the growth afterwards, right? Is something that we probably don't talk enough about and we need to, especially right now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's it's kind of um <clears throat> rather than a badge of honour, it's it's sometimes looked at as a as a badge of shame. You know, I I I only work on the phones. Um actually the the, the skills that you learn from being in a contact center, and and I'm really passionate about the fact that not only from a, a professional point of view, but actually for society um and, and you as a person and, and how you can deal with life, because you know, away from you know, we'll come on to the opportunities, but working on 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 the phones in in whatever guise or on live chat, you know, working in the contact center. Um, a, you're, you you don't know what's going to land in your lap from a from a customer perspective, which builds a great amount of resilience, objection handling, um, uh, thinking on your feet, being creative, um, navigating endless systems you sort of become a tech genius over overnight through force with you know many a tab open and and sort of anyone from outside the contact center who comes and does a bit of call listening sort of minds blown of how these people sort of i just need to log on to these 17
0: systems yeah (laughs)
1: yeah (laughs) i'm sorry the 18th as well now um because they've asked this question so and we're getting better at that right we we're we're looking to improve that technology is another part of that but you you start to learn all of these skills, but then also the, you know, uh, quite rightly and and again I'm a massive advocate of this the the inclusion and belonging piece in terms of um, business as a whole. But I feel like we've had that for a long, long time in contact centres. Mm-hmm. Sort of the demographic of a person that you could be sat next to who's in your team. Um, you you get a real cross section of. Of, of the country really and, and yeah. people from all different walks of life and I've I've learned more from the people um, around me than I could ever put into the words and you know my understandings of, of different cultures and religions and um, you know all of that sort of stuff and neurodiversity of the different people who come in and, and the way they look at things. I just find it a, a, a really special place for for really growing as an individual and and of course people start at at all ages but for me as a as a young person entering entering that environment um I I really truly think it it allowed me to develop and 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 try to become a a person with more breadth in my life than maybe I would have done from just my my peer group at, at school or just being on a building site which has got a very typical demographic of men of a certain age um sort of talking about a certain topic regularly and to sort of this explosion of 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 different people um and and then yeah the 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 opportunities i mean i'm i'm not thick um but school wasn't my um wasn't my thing and i didn't go on to to university i mean I, i wish i'd have had the 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 social stuff that goes on around university, which um, is amazing, but wasn't really my thing yet. I've still been able to carve out a career I'm proud of that isn't isn't over yet. I've I've been able to support my family through it. I've I've been afforded um, many many great experiences, and um, I, I just feel as though it's it's a great platform into a business. and And you get to and one thing I'm always speaking to, to people about in contact centres is Try to understand the business as well if you want to grow. Don't just get caught up in contact centers. Understand the bigger picture because you're going to speak to a broader group of stakeholders. And what a place to understand the business. Mm -hmm. The customers are speaking to you, the voice of the customer is coming through to you, and you're gaining insight that marketing teams could only dream of because you're hearing it firsthand with 60, 70, 80 people a day telling you what they think of your products, of your service, of of how you go about things, it's it's incredible insight, and you've got all of that stored up in you that you can then bring to the table and and explain how we can improve things and be an influential partner to the business to to help them improve and and grow the credibility and grow the credibility of, of the contact center and the amazing things that we bring to the table. So, yeah, I you know we've spoken about it before. I I love it. I I do feel as though mm. it should be something that is spelled out to people as a career path and it's not easy it's hard Um, you know you're not going to start on you know celebrity salaries um, as as you begin and and things are improving there and benefits are improving significantly but it's a great platform for people to 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 to, to accelerate and you know it, it it's often a great fun place to work you know that work hard play harder. Um not so much anymore with with two young kids, but I know the team now, COVID's over, they're they're back out for their Thursday, Friday drinks and, you know, socializing and they're they're having a great time. Um so yeah, I'm 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 really passionate that it should be something we 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 look at more more favorably as they, they do in in some other countries rather than seeing it as I just work on the phones and it sort of like, oh is that is that what you do? I feel a bit uh, a bit sorry yeah. for you because actually there's nothing to, to feel sorry for. It's um, an amazing job.
0: I, I completely agree hundred percent. And you make such a good point around the, the insight that you can gain into how your business is, the services and products are being received, how different marketing campaigns land, how service proposition changes are responded to by customers. And one of the things I used to say to my teams and having been like you on the phones, you need this occasional reminder to lift your head up, right? And go, cause you can get quite narrow, right? And just think, yeah, right. Here comes another contact, deal with it, move on to the next deal with it, move on to the next. And leaders said this to me was, if you're, if you're passionate about wanting a career, lift your head up a little bit and just think, of your morning's customers, like you said, senior leaders don't ever hear from customers anymore unless they do it through focus groups or they've got market research or their marketing teams or, or whatever. And I know there's really nice ways of doing it now. However, to actually hear their voices, where, the, where your product or service fits into their life, how, are they engaged, yes or no? You know. And someone said to me, right, just take a step back and tell me about your morning. How are the customers responding? What have you learned about our proposition? And so often you can go, I don't know why we do this. Why is it that our orders are already, blah blah blah? You know, and you know so many problems and solutions. But sometimes you have to be prompted to go. Just take a step back. Just just think for a second. What is this telling you about our business? What are you learning from? this time on the phone dealing with our our customers over and above just kind of like getting through it
1: Uh, yeah absolutely i I don't think there's been a better time for for people to to be reminded of that so you know pre pre pre-covid um and i'll generalize that c-suite may have seen the the contact center as more of a cost center um and it was kind of like you know how can we we maximize uh, contact deflection at all costs. Um, you know, how can we we drive down the amount this is costing us rather than seeing it as a as a as a value added? That's a big generalization I'm making and and being slightly uh, facetious on purpose. But for all the horrendous things that, that COVID brought us, actually, what it did do for the contact centre is. The contact center is dead. Long live the contact center! Um, yeah. Because suddenly everyone was like, "What are our customers saying? What's going on? What's what's happening out there?" Um, and you know, and it also brought us long overdue flexibility within the contact center. You know, there's no way you can work from home. Everybody needs to be in. We need to be able to see your stats and how long you're going to the toilet and you know all the, all those crazy things that used to happen. Um, to actually putting trust in people and and seeing it as value add and, and moving from this concept of cost center to actually an experience center um Love it. there's been a seismic shift into e-retail e-commerce actually this is the point our customers are meeting us um, and now everybody wants to know what, what are our customers saying what, what what are they telling us about and it's a great opportunity for people working in the contact center to that exact point you've made pause put your head up this is what they're saying and and again it starts to um to, to, to build your your career for you and actually okay, this person's got great insight um you know how can we we move this person so that they've got more of a more of a platform so i, I don't think there's been a better time for what you've you've just described um it's uh, we're, we're now in a an ascendancy versus yeah. maybe being managed more as a as a cost center and how could we uh, manage
0: it with the with sort of the least input so to speak I love, I love that relationship center. That's just spot on. And of course, it's your title, isn't it? Head of Customer Relationship Center. And it's it's funny how words are so important because straight away the emphasis is on that custom the being at the center of customer relationship. And that's so important. Absolutely, and you know,
1: words are important in terms of the 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 scene it it, it sets. Um, you know, everything from we we don't we don't call um, the, the our guys who are speaking to customers or on live chats or on social advisors, they're, they're coffee specialists. Um, we we want to elevate what it is they're they're bringing to the relationship nice. to to our to our customers. But even our um, you know, outsource um, outsource work or BPOs. Um, we, we always describe them as partners, um, mm-hmm. and I know that's a very subtle, um, or even our technology providers, they're, they're partners, um, we're in this together, and actually the words are, are quite important to make sure that we're all in it together, um, and we're all working towards the, the same same purpose, so yeah, relationship is, is key to us where, where I am at the moment, um, but it, it's wider than just the customers, it's, it's everybody um. Making sure they feel as though they are they are part of what what we're trying to achieve, be that in house or or the partners we have working with us to to deliver our service.
0: Can I ask you about um, your gaffer then, and uh, the person you still call Gaffer, Lorraine Dunn, You said I think um, what what was it or what is it about her that led to this kind of? Because I think. like you i've got someone that i can point to and go they were there at the right time that just unleashed something in me what what is it about lorraine good question um and uh hi lorraine
1: if you end up uh (laughs) watching this or gaffer i should say um i don't know i think it was it was just that timing piece i think um she had a, a great level of of experience she was somebody who was quite different in the charity and and was quite aligned to my values she'd um she'd been in financial services for for a long time prior to to joining step change in in the third sector and she's still there now um but everything she used to speak to me about sort of moved away from um sort of and you know of course we'd covered this off but sort of just spending your one-to-one talking about KPIs and what's the service level and what's the AHT and, um, et cetera, et cetera. And of course we'd, we'd cover that off, but spent far more time sort of coaching me, I suppose. And I didn't realize that at the time and, and broadening my, um, my sort of, um, understanding of the world in terms of encouraging me to, to read, you know, um, Covey, Cynic, um, Blanchard's, you know, all, all of these things, which which many people will, will have read and and start to look at things in a little bit more strategic way. Um, and and she had this great concept called um, the way we do things, which I've, I've tried to sort of um, take with me in different guises, and I don't use the same name anymore. And it was kind of a, a structure that included all the things that people would try and do now, well-being, culture, performance, all these things. And I, I said, why do you call it the way we do things? And she said, because at some point we're going to get so good at it that other people are going to ask us how we do it, and we're just going to say, it's the way we do things. Um and she she just um yeah, inspired me, spoke to me a lot about what's the legacy that you want to leave behind when you're going into an organization. Um, you know, we a lot of us end up in a bit of a, a cycle. Um, and I, I forget the the person's name who was on your your podcast and he spoke about sort of year one, building, then embedding, then sort of enjoying in, in it in these sort of three-year cycles, which mm. Alex Ferguson used to speak a lot about as well in terms of how you build. And A lot of us end up in those three-year cycles, and then maybe do a cycle in a bit, or two cycles and move. Um, and and talking to me a lot about that legacy, which uh, as soon as I sort of got the grips with what legacy meant to me, it, it really pushed me on and and in, inspired me to to do more, but um, and I probably haven't said it enough to to her directly, but she was definitely just that leader that I needed at that time to give me the confidence, the insight, the the push to say actually I want to I want to go on and do more. And I was I was genuinely terrified when I had to hand my notice into her um, because she'd encouraged me so much to go on and do more that I went and grasped this opportunity. Um, and it was only after two and a half years, and I probably felt like I maybe two years actually, I should have been there a little bit longer, but uh, her approach to that was incredible, the way she, she took the resignation, I'm, I'm pleased for you, how do we get you prepared for your, for your next role, and, and the biggest testament I can give to her was I was only on a month's notice, and the new organisation wanted me as quickly as possible, but I thought there's no way I'm leaving the gaffer in the lurch, so I told them that I was actually on a three-month um, notice period but I could probably negotiate it to too because I wanted to, even, you know, I was going for more money, more opportunity. Yeah. I, you know, that was the the loyalty that she, she built in me. So a bit of a rambling answer, but I probably can't pinpoint it exactly, but you, you might've had that experience where there's just a leader who does something. Um, and I can't quite put my, my finger on it. I don't know if I'd ever be able to replicate it. It just, it was just the person I needed at that time to allow me to go on and achieve what I have done and hopefully achieve achieve more as, as I progress my career.
0: I love it. I love it because it's very similar. I'm sure there's lots of people listening that um, will, get, will have had similar leaders. And for me, what you've expressed there comes down to the moments that we spend with people um, In whatever the relationship is, whether it's leader, um, you know, like the people that you're managing, it's more than numbers. It's about the relationship and it's about developing people. And it's also understanding if we look back, you know, as is our want sometimes on this podcast, when you look back, you, you look at key moments, right? And I know for the teams that I've managed, I talk to them about, You'll get, you'll get presented with key moments. And if you're not ready to properly engage with someone at a human level, you can, you can miss them. And I said, you don't ever wanna be the story that someone is telling their family and friends about how their boss reacted when X, Y, Z happened in a negative way. You wanna be, you never guess what happened when I told my boss out to leave for the day because our cat got run over, they did X, Y, Z, right? And you want the end of that sentence to be something that makes other people go, "What a lovely, what a lovely place to work! What a lovely boss!" I said. And you'll get a, you'll get presented, especially when you think about team leaders. They're managing like fifteen people, and fifteen people have create fifteen different um, variables of life events happening all the time. How do you respond when someone phones in sick? How do you respond when someone talks about a family member that is ill? How do you respond when someone says their child has done something good or bad or they're challenged by X, Y and Z? How do you show up at those moments? That's leadership, not whether you're talking to someone about the fact their AHT is 10% higher than everyone else's. That's not leadership. Yeah, ab- absolutely, and I think you know what's what's key to remember.
1: Whatever your fancy job title is, you, you're a human like everybody yeah. else, um, and and actually um, being human goes a long way. Um, and you know, we, wherever I've been, we talk about culture and well-being, and um, you know, we all have um, sort of frameworks of the way we want people to be. And I, I sometimes look at it and go, if you remove all of that be a human just you know we all know how to be um or most of us know how to be a decent understanding human and whatever your job title is um there's nothing wrong with that uh, well there's nothing wrong with it it's, it's what you should try and do now of course there's the pressure of um you know we're, we're working for a business we're being paid a salary and, and mm-hmm. we need to um make sure we we deliver but you can do that while still being um a, a a good person and and being understanding rather than just just cracking and in the long run to your point I think you'll win because that person goes away and says wow that that person was really understanding did the right thing for me they immediately want to do more for you and go above and beyond for you versus um you know if you've taken a different approach they're immediately turned off and think I want to do the bare minimum for this person because they couldn't be there for me so you actually lose out in the (coughs) in the long run as well um, but I should also be, you know, it's, it's tough. Like, no one's born know, knowing how to be a leader. Like, at points, yeah. I've, I've probably been a really bad leader. Um, not probably, yeah. I, I, so. I have been. And I've had to learn as I go, and I learn all the time. I still wouldn't say, you know, and I don't think I ever will be. I'm the perfect. I get things wrong um, regularly. Um, but I, I hope my team, when they they're listening to this, um i have a very open dialogue with my team and you know feedback works both ways um and every day you you're learning and when you start out that leadership position and you think about being a team leader quite a lot of the time you get given the job because you were good at you were good on the phones or whatever and and again the industry is getting better at sort of um finding people who've got the right attributes to be leaders but you sort of get this job title and go, there you go, there's 15, 20 people, you're now the leader. And you go, oh, great. And you go and sit down and look at all these people and go, me, boss, you do. Um, you know, <laughs> and you sort of, you, you learn and grow from there. And, um, it's okay to be really aware of that, um, that life is all about, about learning. Um, one of my favourite videos is um, Michael Johnson, a... Uh, uh, I forgot his name, Um, basketball player, Michael Jordan. Um, Yeah. Michael Jordan, you know, widely regarded as one of the best basketball players of of all time. There's a great Nike advert from the early 90s, um, which is him talking about the fact um, he was given the, the last throw 26 times and missed it 24 and missed over 300 shots in his career. But all of those things helped him become amazing player he was from all those failures that he he had um and that's what life is you live you learn you grow um and as i've moved from each organization i like to think i'm a, a reinvented person of myself and i try to become a, a better leader everywhere i go so for anyone who's listening who's first embarking on it it's it's okay not to 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 know um quite what you're doing you will learn you will grow from people around you and and hopefully you come across those great leaders like the gaffer that give you the inspiration to to really kick on
0: uh, we you told me um at the awards actually about the kind of you've been given the title and then you're right and you're like right i am the leader so uh let's get going yeah yeah and, and, it's, and, um sorry come on. no i was just going to say the michael jordan um advert for those people that are maybe much younger go and check it out it gives you it'll give you goosebumps because yeah it's that kind of win or learn men- mentality isn't it and that every every time it's not worked it's just an an opportunity to to learn and i i absolutely i love that and you you can tell that you've embodied that throughout your throughout your career but with a it seems like the the right outlook and and mentality and do you bring that to bear in your culture now yeah i mean i i like to hope so we we we're,
1: we're really dedicated to to creating a, a great place to work um in in terms of culture and you know i yeah i i like to think that i i do and and you know we're not we're not perfect um and we're always working on how to improve things but um yeah, you know absolutely sort of encouraging people to be to be open, to be honest, to try things, um, and and keep people engaged and and try and keep create that purpose as to, to why we're we're doing what we do and, and have some some fun along the way as well. Um it's really,
0: really important. Really important. Do you think the could you have envisaged when you were the mischievous agent with your mates? you'd now be at a senior level
1: no i mean even even before then um you know and who knew where life was was going to take you but um you know for for me it's different for everybody i've i've probably exceeded the expectations that that i had that my teachers certainly had going back to school um you know by the way there's absolutely nothing wrong with this job but the the usual the teacher saying well you're going to work in mcdonald's um which by the way is a great career again a little bit like yeah. contact centers, people yeah. accelerate through through there but um no i, I it, it has surprised me um but I've, I've i've loved it and that's why i'm so passionate about the industry and the the opportunities mm. it it affords people i'm nothing special um you know i've i've Probably got no real discerning skills, um, other than a, a decent amount of emotional intelligence, um, a passion to to want to do well, to to grow and and do a good job. And and the contact centre has given me the the platform to go on and do that. But you know, I always say to my team, I don't really know what I can teach you, um, but I can I can champion you and I want you to grow and I love nothing more than seeing them develop and move into new roles and, um, you know, become, become bigger than they thought they were going to be. I just think it's a really, um, amazing thing to be able to, to, to do. Um, and it becomes less about self and and more about the, the team, which is something that I've, I've become to, I've come to learn as I know more about myself is a really important value to me. Yes. I want to progress and I want, I want to, um, um, grow my career but actually I get the most joy and return from from sort of service to us and others and, and and helping them move forward with with their career I get a real sense of fulfillment from it and pride and and happiness and again the, the contact center industry has given me that that platform to to do it which I never thought I I wouldn't like a lot of people might you know I joined the contact center absolutely no idea that you fast forward 15, 16 years, and I'm, I'm still doing this. It was just kind of something I, I fell into, wasn't very good at, was very mischievous, decided, actually put
0: a bit of effort in, and here I am today. Uh, a virtual high five. I um, I, would definitely, I would definitely want to work in your team, I think. Um, I'm a kindred spirit. I, I, I've been in situations before where people have said, what's your main skill? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I, I think i think i'm a i'm a generalist more than anything um and more more power to 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 you dan i honestly it's been it's been a great uh, episode i've i've loved listening to you talk i know um behind the scenes you do a lot for a lot of people not just in your um company you've helped me out with um, some things i'm doing which is all about just helping others and that kind of uh, servant leadership and um I, I found your uh talking to you today inspirational so dan thanks very much for coming on i hope we can do this again but um it's been a pleasure mate yeah far far too
1: kind um genuine pleasure coming on and uh, spending some time speaking to you and uh
0: yeah thank you you, dan